Show wish to thank our primary sponsors, the Mallon Agency, located in Springfield, PA, where they take pride in exceeding expectations every time. Anthony DeCecco and our friends at Tennis Addiction are ready to serve all your tennis needs at their beautiful facility in Exton, PA. Welcome everyone to the Rosie and Bill Show. If you're watching on Facebook, be sure to follow us, and if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. Folks, we are really excited about our guest tonight. His musical journey started at a very young age, and he would eventually make his way from behind the drum kit to playing guitar. And then he would add singer and songwriter to his wide range of musical talents. Please welcome to the Rosie and Bill Show, a man who says he's going to rock until he drops. Dallas Toller Wade. Dallas, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. We're excited to have you, Dallas, because I'll tell you, Bill and I were talking about this. We haven't really had anyone in your genre of music, so we're going to let our guests in on the secret. You are a death metal, face-melting, guitar-shredding musician and singer. <laughs> So we've kind of dressed up in your honor, like we want to come to your concert tonight. Awesome. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. I wish there was a concert we were at tonight. That'd be great. <laughs> Us too. Well, listen, we're going to take it back a little bit. I want to know, how did you go from a young boy, okay, sitting behind the drum kit? How did you start playing the drums? Take us through the journey from there to then transitioning into guitar and going into death metal. Okay. Well, uh, I came from a fairly musical family. So uh, instruments, pianos, guitars and stuff, they were just kind of around. And so I, uh, you know, I used to hang out with my grandfather and he would play a little bit. And I learned a little bit of guitar from him very, very early, but I didn't take it too seriously. Uh, it wasn't until I started hanging out with one of my cousins who had a, uh, you know, had like a rock band in the eighties and stuff. And uh, they were rehearsing and uh, the drummer let me sit behind the, the drum set. And I instantly just started trying to make up beats or try to figure out how to do this. And uh, that led from playing on that to pots and pans and then getting a, a small drum set of my own. And then, I was pretty heavy into it, I'd say, for about five years from, I'd say, maybe eight years old, pretty much up to about 13. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, I was playing along with records, anything from uh, Rush to Black Sabbath, uh, a little bit of uh, Ozzy, I, I believe, or I would just sit there and play stuff or whatever. And uh, it just kind of progressed you know, then I get into, you know, high school or whatever. And this uh, guy that's, I don't know, maybe 13 or 14 years old plays guitar. And uh, he was turning me on to some of these metal bands. And one of the first bands he turned me on to was a band called Metal Church. And um, 
I was just like instantly enamored with the guitar work. And I was always, you know, dancing around and air guitaring to stuff anyways. And, uh, but it was hearing that and hanging out with him and watching him actually play some of this stuff that kind of, you know, and I, I told, I saw him make a power chord and that was it. I was like, Oh, that's how they do that. And then, well, there it is. There it is. And then, the next three years is pretty much all I did was play guitar. And uh, I actually traded and installed a car radio, I believe, for my first guitar. And um, <laughs> and it was, I didn't know much about guitar. It played terrible. And I broke strings. I didn't know what I was doing. And, and then finally, about a year later, I, I got something a little bit nicer. And uh, I just kept, uh, kept doing it. I'd say about a year and a half into playing, I, I did take a few lessons. I wanted to, I was just interested in how these guys were playing these leads and fast stuff, you know, and, and uh, <clears throat> I took a music theory course uh, in high school. And uh, that kind of a, was an eye opener as well, because the first, I'd say the first year or so, I didn't really play anything but rhythm guitar. And I, I was still kind of wanting to be a drummer in a band one day. But the more I kept playing the guitar, the more the drums just collected dust. And, and, uh, and then move on. Let's fast forward to like 16 years old. I'm playing in my first band, uh, doing some covers, you know, covering a little bit of uh, anything from like Sanctuary, a little bit of Priest, Metallica, you know, all the usual suspects. Uh, we play a couple Slayer songs, a little bit of Metal Church for fun. And, you know, it was just one of them things. And. You know, we uh, we stayed active as a band for probably about three years, I think. And then uh, I started jamming with some other guys that were doing more um, of their own music. And I was in that band for about a year and then formed another band. And then, you know, it was a few different bands. And then uh, finally, the scene had kind of dried up musician-wise and places to play-wise. So I moved from Fayetteville, North Carolina, down to Greenville, South Carolina and joined a band called Nile, and this was in 97, and was in that band for till 2016, so um, almost 20 years with the band. And uh, we uh, wrote, recorded, and toured all over the world like crazy, and uh, 2016, uh, I decided to depart the band. Uh, I already had this kind of going, the Narcotic Wasteland thing going. As right side project and um once i decided to depart now that i just kind of put all my efforts into this and uh and yeah here we are you know um well, I, uh, let me go back to when you're you were you know starting to really jive with the guitar did did you practice at your house where did you guys rehearse your band uh, my first band we were practiced in my bedroom and actually there was two there was two rooms beside each other and we actually got permission to remove one of the walls and uh, soundproofed it up and you know as long as we didn't play too late nobody really cared okay I was and wondering about that because I, I remember my brother's band used to practice in our basement and my dad would come come home from work and he was a good sport about it he was supportive. But after a while, I was like, turn it down, you know? <laughs> yeah. 
you know, and I wondered yeah. how you, your family sounds like they were very supportive, though. I wondered how how that went for you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, we uh, in, in my family, we all have my dad played bass. My mom played in high school band. Uh, I'm pretty sure her sister and plays piano. Uh, my cousin, which is, uh, yeah, my cousin, he played bass and played in rock bands. Uh, and some of them also acted in theater and stuff like that as well. So it's just kind of in the blood. Definitely. Dallas, when, just... did, when did this, this singing come along? Because, you know, you kind of talked about the drums and the guitar, but... But somewhere along the line, you started doing some vocals, too. Where, when did that come into play? Uh, that, that came into play in my first band, and that was out of necessity. <laughs> we could never find anybody. And uh, if, you know, I was like, I'm not, I, at the time, you know, this was back in the 80s. So, mm -hmm. you know, I was actually hitting some high notes and some falsetto, like, yeah, you know, and all that stuff. <laughs> <clears throat> And, I remember uh, well. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, we my we used to cover a song called "Battle Angels" from Sanctuary. Check the song out. Uh, it's a high F sharp in there. There's no way in hell I could do that now. But <laughs> um, you know, we just could never find anybody that was even as good, and I wasn't great. Trust me. <laughs> so, and then. Getting back into something, I think, before we started, the, we were talking a little bit before the interview. We we're talking about uh, the relationship between like heavy metal and like classical music and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, so the notation on the guitars, especially as, as I started to write more of my own stuff, uh, the guitar started kind of taking the melody of the song. And the voice ended up being something a little bit more aggressive and angstier i guess you could say and uh it was right there when all the kind of death metal things started to happen too like <clears throat> everybody was kind of feeling it where you know when it came to the music and the notes the, the guitars and the drums were kind of pushed more a little bit to the forefront and the vocals were definitely there and commanding but it was from a different emotional source if you will <laughs> it was a little bit more stripped down to the bone and more just raw aggression and, Let me uh, talk to you about that, Dallas, because you 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 use the word now aggression twice. Because I, I was wondering, is like what draws people, even you, to that type of music? Because there is a lot of aggression. Do you think it's like a healthy way for people to express that part of themselves? I think it is. Um, you feel a lot better, you know, even if you're whatever it is you're into. Um, because, you know, not everybody's into, you know, angry music or sad music or both or happy music, you know. So whatever it is that um, that kind of frees your mind from the sort of rounded existence going on around us and gives us a little bit of a pause and, you know, where you can decompress and just, I don't know, crack open a brewski and crank up the tunes, you know, that kind of thing. Everybody kind of needs that decompression time every now and then. And, uh Music and movies and entertainment has always been that thing, you know, that, that provides that. And uh, it's, I think it's really just uh, based on the individual. Me personally, I, I've always loved really dark and heavy sounding musical scores for movies and stuff like that. And, uh, and actually, I'm wearing this Creepshow shirt. Um, 
there's a lot of cool stuff in the horror movies as well, but uh, you know, those kind of influences can, but you know, as far as the overall aggression, that's kind of the thing that it's therapeutic for me. Um, because you know, life can be frustrating sometimes, <laughs> yeah. and uh, you know, and it's it's you have to have it. You just it's nice to listen to some stuff that's you know more laid back, but every now and then you just need a little more. <laughs> I understand. Do you do you feel metal gets a bad rap? I don't know. I don't know if it's as bad as it was. You know, back in the eighties when you know they all thought you know people were saying we were devil worshippers and. You had the PMRC, and you know that's why we have like explicit lyrics uh, stickers on. Uh, but I think I think in a way we're kind of past all that. I don't think that it's as volatile as it was as far as just judgment and pointing fingers. Because you got to think about it. I mean, uh, most of the people that were raising hell back then, they're like you know in their fifties now. <laughs> so. And, uh, you know, own businesses or whatever that is they're doing, you know, they're, or playing a band or, you know what I'm saying? It's, we're all, we've all grown up now, but, you know. Dallas, there's, there's two other aspects of that I, that I just wanted to bring up. And I appreciate you sharing that because I think there's another aspect of your music that I know Rosie and I really appreciate. And that is just your musicianship and the way you move up and down. You own the fretboard when you're playing. And the fact that you can play and sing, like I used to play drums and I tried to sing, I tried to be Don Henley, it's, it's tough. And then you're talking earlier about doing, you know, a rush when you were a young kid. I was kind of jealous, by the way, when you said that earlier, because I still can't play Neil Peart. But that aside, watching you just play, just seamlessly move up and down, I just hope more people can appreciate the musicianship and like how long and how much effort did it take to get to that point where you're at? Well, um, the cool thing about guitar or any instrument <clears throat> is, uh, you know, as long as you're, as long as you pick it up and you practice, um, there's always going to be new stuff that you can discover or find. Uh, I've found, you know, personally for me, I, I like to remain a practicing musician, even if I'm not like actively writing or anything. Um, it's good to, you know, sometimes it's, it's like working out. Sometimes it's, it can be repetitive to practice scales or uh, for the most part, I, I do that kind of thing for the health of my hands. Um, and, but, you know, really the end of the day, any guitar player is going to tell you if anybody asked, like, how did you get there with that practice? That's it. Just like, you know, especially like the first five years that I played guitar, it was like all I did. Well, maybe some occasional late nights with some Nintendo, but for the most part, <laughs> I played guitar. I played guitar and, you know, I would read stuff late at night, you know, whether it be a comic book or a horror book or whatever, you know. But, yeah, I spent most of my time doing that. And uh, I still try to – I've been – we've been very busy touring this year, so I have been taking a little bit of a break. Uh, but <clears throat> we got to – some shows and stuff coming up soon. So I'm going to be practicing, but yeah, you know, it's really in the discipline and, mm -hmm. um, but also, you know, conditioning yourself and warming up and, uh, and not hurting yourself. Um, <clears throat> because the, in this kind of music, it's really easy to sustain injuries. 
Uh, drummers do it all the time. Their feet are moving so fast. They're like running a marathon back there. Wow. You know what I mean? It's insane. And um, yeah, so yeah, you know, uh, things like carpal tunnel and tarsal tunnel and uh, tendonitis and all that, that's, that's very real. And it can, um, it can definitely, so I've been absolutely terrified of that. Uh, when I was 14 years old, my cousin played in a band and the guitar player in that band actually had to put his guitar down for a year. The doctor told him, he said, if you keep this up, you might not ever play again. Wow. So, yeah, you know, you just have to, it's, it's, it can be a repetitive motion, but there's, uh, there's a few exercises you can do. And like I say, you know, especially if you're in some really technical, intense stuff, you kind of want to warm up slowly like an old Buick, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I wanted to, to go back to you, you were saying you're going to be touring and that's with Narcotic Wasteland. Mm -hmm. So in 2014, I think it's about the time that's when you kind of started doing that band as a, a side gig, but then it really took over. What has that experience been like for you? And does it, is it a, very different from Nile? Yeah, I would say it's, uh, it's different from Nile um, in, a, in a lot of aspects. I mean, if you listen to the, some of the stuff that I, I did with Nile, you may hear some similarities in there just because it's me. Right. But um, yeah, I mean, uh, for me, narcotics is a little bit more on the old school thrashy side of things. And uh, the guitars are tuned a little bit more normally, which I, which I prefer. I've always preferred it guitar not to be tuned way down unless it's got extra strings on it then it seems to be makes sense but so there's there's the tuning aspects um there is the you know it's i'm not trying to um i'm not trying to be the fastest or the most technically proficient in the world or anything like that it's really just stuff that feels good it feels right you know what i mean and that's that's kind of been the thing with this but yeah you know when I started writing songs for uh, Narcotic Waste, and I guess it was probably around 2012, but it took a while to find uh, other guys. Well, particularly uh, finding a drummer, and then we found Eric Schultek. But uh, Ed Rohn, the lead guitar player, he's been a friend of mine since we played in bands since we were teenagers. And uh, so we had always talked about doing a project together again. And, um, and then we... Uh, Another friend of ours from our hometown, uh, Chris Dupree, he he stepped up to the plate and delivered some great bass and vocals and and all that. And um, it was kind of a thing. And then, um, you know, and then, you know, I departed now in 2016. And then I had like another album brewing for Narcotic Wasteland and put that out in October of 2017. And we went out on our first tour. And, um, and yeah, you know, the experience is... It's definitely different, but at the same at the same time, because life on the road is life on the road. You know, uh, when you get out there, and I don't, I don't know, it's the calm before the storm. You know, it's like before they open the doors at the club or whatever. Like everything's set and ready to go, and uh, just kind of chilling out. And uh, it's just like, yep, I've done this before. <laughs> but is there that that really cool anticipation though? Okay. Always, always. Yeah. And um, 
just the overall adrenaline from it. I think the adrenaline from, I mean, because touring can be tough. It, you know, you don't get adequate sleep sometimes, and you know, or you're flying around everywhere in planes, you're lagged out, you know, and and uh, but still, as soon as you walk up there, you've got all the energy you need, and yeah. I think. I think rock and roll, if you take care of yourself, I think rock and roll can keep a person pretty young. Mm. And I think it's the adrenaline from either attending a show or performing a show. It just, I don't know, it just heightens us and it gets, keeps our, keeps our minds and bodies young. But how do you pick the names? How did you come up with the name of that band? Uh, well, I had written a song and it was talking about some of the instances that I had like, experienced or seen or going on around me because um, a lot of the lyrics are from an observationist sort of thing and um and i, I wrote a song called right widespread narcotic wasteland and uh and it just kind of grew from there and then we just chopped off the widespread part and it was just narcotic wasteland and uh then more songs came absent friends keeping up with the jones it was a little cheeky at first with some plays on words you know Instead of keeping up with the Joneses, you know, that kind of thing. And uh, so we weren't, at, especially at first, and I, I don't think that we're I, I still, I mean, we talk about some serious matters. And I've even had some um, some fans, you know, send me messages and be like, man, you know, the thing you said in that song really helped me get through my addiction problem and stuff like that. So that was, you know, that just gives me chills just, just right now, I mean, that's such a wonderful compliment. I, mean, I um, never thought in a million years I would hear someone say that to me. Yeah, that's that is amazing. I would think because in your particular case, those are your words. You wrote them. You're singing them, and for that message to get out and to get that feedback as you're as you're sharing that, Dallas, I can't think of anything more gratifying. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, of course, you know, you're going to have your. Uh, your tr internet trolls and stuff like that. That goes with anything. But in one of the yeah. funny comments, because see, I, my uh, skin is pretty thick. And I don't really have a, a really high opinion of their opinion anyways. So, <laughs> but it's, it's, uh, it's, it's my, one of my, one of the things, uh, somebody thought that we were like a 100% straight edge band and we're say no to drugs, kids and stuff like that. And somebody called me McGruff, the crime dog. <laughs> <laughs> I still have that. I've I fell out of my damn chair. I was just like, "What?" And it's like, "Oh, come on!" I mean, anybody who's hung out with me has seen me have a beer or two. You know, I was like, "That's not like that." But yeah, I mean, all of this stuff is serious topics, you know. Um, but you know, on the other side, you get all these wonderful compliments. And, and uh, well, is there anything and, that? is still on the to-do list for you? I mean, obviously you want to keep performing, but I mean, is there something that you haven't done that that is like, yeah, I'm still going to make that happen? I, uh, I was kind of thinking about that too. And man, I mean, I, I'm sure you guys can relate. Those uh, those to-do lists, they can get pretty, pretty deep, pretty long. And uh, I was driving today back from the grocery store and I was thinking, I was like, I was thinking about the old days, just like we were talking about, you know, back when there was like singing. And uh, that's one thing that's on the to-do list. I would like to do, at least if it was just one song, I would like to do a song with actual vocals. 
Mm. And, and uh, I think that would be a challenge. I'm always trying to challenge myself. So that would be a challenge, especially if I had to sing it and play it at the same time. Um, Is that difficult <clears throat> to sing and play at the same I know B.B. King didn't sing, didn't play while he sang. Oh, wow. Um, yes, it can be. It definitely can be. Uh, I've been doing it a really long time. I've been I've been singing and playing almost as long as almost as long as I've been playing, just for fun. Um, and uh, like I said, you know the guitar parts they start getting more complicated over the years, and things started getting kind of crazy. And yeah, you really just kind of have to break it down the coordination of it. But now I've been doing it so long, it's it's not as difficult. I can kind of there's a there's a song that we wrote, one of our latest singles called "The Best Times Have Passed." Um, the first time we played it live, I, I did it. I did all right, and I'd never really, or you know, the first time I actually tried to sing and play it. It is one of the easier songs, but you know, 20 years ago, I'd have been like, "Oh my god, <laughs> how am I gonna do this?" You know, uh, but lots of uh, lots of time doing it. Um, you know, the Nile years that. That's some pretty difficult guitar parts as well, and um, some very, very erratic and sporadic vocal uh, patterns and stuff like that. So, and when you're when you're writing all this stuff or when you're recording it, you're not necessarily thinking about having to do it later. So you up the bar on yourself, you know what I mean? And then you got to go do it. You said you're someone that that always wants to keep learning and growing. And so it sounds like the perfect project for you, the perfect next undertaking. So we look forward to seeing how that comes out and how it, how you do, and I'm sure it'll be great. So thank you so much for coming on the show with us. We wish you all the best in your touring. And uh, we look forward to seeing what's next. And folks, thank you so much for tuning in. We hope you enjoy the show and we'll see you next week. episode has been brought to you by Doherty and Company Insurance Services for all your business and personal insurance needs. Our friends at Tennis Addiction in Exton, PA and the Malin Agency where exceeding expectations is how they do business. Interested in becoming a partner in positivity? Send us an email. Rosie and Bill Show 2018 at gmail.com. <laughs>